Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier is sponsored by Soul Shepherding. We're thankful to our donors who provide this ministry to thousands of people each week. We're so glad you're joining our conversation. Today's podcast is part of a mini-series on courage. To have courage is to have a brave spirit in difficulty, danger, or pain. The Lord urges us in Deuteronomy 31.6 of the Message Version, Be strong, take courage, because God, your God, is striding ahead of you. He's right there with you. He won't let you down. He won't leave you. We all face difficult circumstances and need to take courage from the Lord and the soul shepherds He provides us. We pray you can take courage from this episode of Soul Talks. A pastor's wife named Robin shared with us that she's been struggling with uh, pleasing people, and that's been a stress and an anxiety for her and her relationships, and she's in an easy yoke group in their church where they're reading Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke, and she wrote to thank us and said that, wow, you know, I realize that when I get stuck pleasing people, uh, your book is helping me to see that I'm trying to control them. I'm internalizing the anxiety and that I need to let go and get back in the yoke with Jesus. And she was so excited about this insight and how it was helping her in a relationship, so she shared it with the women on their church retreat and brought a lightning of their load too. A beautiful Mm. touch of grace, she said. Thank you, Robin. You're ambassador of Christ there, ministering out of the overflow of what you're receiving from the Lord. It's beautiful. The easy yoke of Jesus is the best life and the best ministry. And I just keep reminding myself of that and checking myself. How, how am I doing in the easy yoke? And sometimes I catch myself hurrying or straining, and I need to get back in those grace rhythms and get back in cadence with Jesus, And because that, that's the way to do life. It is. Yesterday was our Sabbath day, and so on the Sabbath, we, we really lean into making a space to rest and to trust God to be at work, to be sufficient, that it's not all dependent upon us, carrying everything and um, letting, kind of letting go and resting. And it helps us to be yoked to Jesus throughout the week when we re-engage with our work, that, that deep rest. But it also helps us with our topic today, and that is the courage to feel. And it does take courage to feel. And I think we learn, and, and we well, were often taught growing up that, no, we need to take courage to shut down our feelings. <laughs> yeah, be, be, be tough. <laughs> um, be tough, right. That that's what it means to be courageous. That's that's kind of a lie that I bought into, that courage was actually repressing my emotions, mm-hmm. not showing them. Yeah, get a stiff upper lip, move on. Yeah. And certainly I think men have had that pressure even more, right? Big boys don't cry. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so you, Bill, have really helped me because you have helped me to see, no, it takes courage to feel. And that's been a great gift you've given me because I have feelings. I can't help it. It's just that when I think that to be courageous, I have to repress them or deny them or distract from them, then 
it doesn't serve me or others well. I don't love well in that way. Yeah, it depresses you and it starts to pull you out of relationship. You you get de-energized and you have less of your uh, compassionate heart to give to people. Well, and I get swallowed up by shame. Yeah. And I'm thinking about, well, is this biblical? Courage to feel. And I'm thinking, well, yeah. You know, on our last podcast, you talked about what is empathy if not the incarnation. It took Jesus in the incarnation took courage to feel our pain, to enter into it and feel with us. All the human emotions Jesus feels, any any human emotion that we could identify, sadness and fear, uh, discouragement, uh, anxiety, shame, anger, uh, surprise, disgust, of course, positive feelings, hope and joy and warmth and loving feelings and courage and all, any emotion, Jesus felt it. He experienced it. He went through it. He did. And I take courage from him in that, that he, he took courage to feel. And it helps me also to take courage that he's with me when I have feelings. So yesterday... I came down, I, w- I was trying to be courageous to not feel <laughs> and to not feel my desires and to not pay attention to my feelings. And so I was trying to just give you space, give you some time alone. You, you know, it had been a, high, a highly engaged day for you um, at church and then an elder meeting and some things you were doing and you work hard and you spend a lot of time, you know, we work together and I just wanted to give you some space. Yeah. It wasn't a normal Sabbath day for me. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was trying to give you some space and I was trying not to feel my desire to want to, to connect because I was feeling lonely. You'd been writing, you know, all day the day before, and I'd been trying to give you space to do that. I've been trying to take courage, right? And not have feelings and needs and wants and desires and yeah. all these things. This and false, this false courage of shutting down. Yeah. Yeah. But in honesty, I was feeling really lonely and I was feeling um, a lot of desire for connection and love and I wasn't feeling very loved. And so we came down to eat dinner and you came towards me with a, you know, asking about what I'd been doing or something like that. And as I started to talk and to tell you, I had all this emotion well up and I started to cry and I found myself wanting to shut it down like, no, no, I don't, I don't want to cry. I don't want to... I don't want to feel this. I just want to be happy that now he's present to me and we can have dinner together. And instead, I took courage to feel my feelings. And I realized, okay, Sabbath is working. I've been alone this weekend, a lot of time alone, insulted in silence. And all these feelings are surfacing right now. And I'm aware, as I begin to articulate to you, I'm becoming very aware of what I'm feeling. And Because you I, were resting from your work mm-hmm. and you were, you were in prayer and... Yeah. been at church and it had been a, a slow, slower day. And so you were, your been feelings were coming time. to the surface. Yeah, because I, yeah. I used to be that I would engage with people or I would engage with work or I would distract, you know, with something else. But instead I was leaning into the Sabbath rest and space mm-hmm. and disconnect and not going to those things. Which, just to clarify, sometimes includes people and celebration, mm-hmm. but right. what you're saying is that you used to, uh, and we used to, busy ourselves mm-hmm. more on the Sabbath day with, with, with projects and right. uh, social things that uh, aren't as oriented around resting in God and worshiping, but it was, it was 
sort of distracted. Mm-hmm. We would go to church, mm-hmm. but we didn't really have a, a substantial experience of Sabbath rest. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's different in different stages of life too, you know, because we had a house full of children and their mm-hmm. friends and, you know, this weekend our daughter was gone and it was just us. So, you know, that affords something different too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I think it was such a gift to me that you you leaned in with me and gave me courage to continue to share my feelings. And as I, because I'm an external processor, as I was sharing my emotions, I was becoming aware of them. And it was a great gift that you gave me in that because you gave me the courage to feel my feelings and you let me cry. You let me explore and share what I was feeling that I wasn't even conscious of. Well, yeah, I put words to what you were feeling. I said, honey, it seems you're feeling sad. Yeah, and you empathized with me very much. I had listened to the the song about the Enneagram too, because I'm a two on the Enneagram, and I was feeling sad about that. And Yeah, you, even your, your song, uh, the Enneagram two was the helper, the, yeah. the servant, the caregiver, who tends to orbit around other people and uh, find their their sense of identity and worth in, in mercy and in service and in helping and can get lost. And being tuned into what they feel. Yeah, right, and not what you, not there your again own. was what I was doing this weekend. I was tuned into what you felt. You need space. You mm-hmm. need time. You need, you know, I was focused on what you needed. And that, Yeah, so you listened to the song. I listened and, to the song. And even, even your song w- was not... It's supposed to be a song to bless you, because that's the way these nine songs are for each of the Enneagram types that he's he's writing, and they're they're great songs. But it was sad for you because it, it wasn't so much affirming like what what you needed or what would help you as as a helper to find more identity in in love and in grace and in getting your needs met and being able to set boundaries and that you have a voice and these kinds of things. Yeah. It was more like celebrating. How wonderful a helper you are! And it was <laughs> but like, it felt to me like, oh, I'm stuck in my sad, sad song. <laughs> it's oh. like, it's like every, yeah. this is what everybody needs from me. Everybody appreciates that I'm just there to help them all the time. But there's nothing for me. <laughs> so you let me do a little bit of of mourning that I felt stuck in my sad, sad song. <laughs> well, yeah, because I, I listened to the song with you, and I put yeah. myself in your skin. Yeah. And I was feeling like, well, yeah, th- this is a wonderful song, but it is sort of extolling the virtues of being a helper. Mm-hmm. And so it, it seemed to just sort of re- reinforce that pressure and expectation to just be there for everybody and not have any needs yourself. Yeah, well, I appreciated you taking courage to feel with me and for me and, and just taking the courage to let me have courage to feel because after I, and I find this so often, after I did go to my feelings and express them and articulate them to you, then I got free of them in a healthy way. I got released and reoriented back to that all of what I was feeling isn't all of reality. Yeah. You took courage to feel. Mm-hmm. You, you were brave to uh, feel your emotions. And, uh, you know, we have this expression, take courage. And part of what helped you take courage was that you had a friend there who was listening and validating and moving towards you with interest and concern. And so that, that helped you to have some strength there to go in, into the emotions and to begin to accept that this is the reality of what you were experiencing. Yes. Yeah. And to, to be able to let myself say, okay, it's okay that I feel lonely. It's okay that I feel lonely this weekend. It's okay that I'm feeling like I'm 
nobody really values me except for what I give. And to just let myself have those feelings. And then after I articulate them and I share them and I receive empathy from you in a safe space, then it's like I've I've gotten the toxins out and I'm able to reorient and say, oh, no, this isn't all of truth. Mm-hmm. This is just how I feel right now. And the reality is, no, you know, all my relationships aren't about <laughs> me loving other people. There are people that love me. And, you know, I can, I can see more clearly as I'm crying out the toxins, as mm-hmm. I'm letting my emotions, you know, come out. Well, an important part of this, Christy, was that you had your uh, deep, uh, old abandonment wound triggered here, mm-hmm. uh, which you've talked about on previous podcasts. I think the one on vicarious trauma and uh, uh, earlier the one. trauma trigger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was part of it for you. And that, that's, and see, we have these, these trauma triggers and these deep wounds that we aren't always conscious of or might not at all be conscious of. And so sometimes something happens where a particular hurt or a particular stress point triggers that, and we maybe don't realize what's being triggered, but we, we get this uh, sig- very significant, uh, overwhelming, perhaps uh, intense emotion that's like more than the situation. Right. And that's when we know that, well, there's something in my body, there's something mm-hmm. deep embedded in my unconscious memories here where I've been formed and really mis- misformed, misshapen around uh, a wounding event and that's all now coming up in this triggering situation. Yeah, and I mean it was it was my responsibility yesterday because I chose to give you space, you know, to write all day on Saturday and then I chose to give you space yesterday. I I made a vow. I was like I am not going to interrupt him. I'm going to wait until he comes to me wanting dinner until it got to be 7:30 and I couldn't wait anymore <laughs> and I had to break my vow and say dinner's ready and, and come towards you. And, but that triggered that whole thing there of, I always have to move towards others. You know, nobody, nobody wants me. Nobody comes towards me. Nobody mm-hmm. takes initiative towards me. It just triggered all that, you know, for me. And that's not true, but it felt true at the time. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't tuned into you because I, I had, had, uh, uh, been part of that elder meeting that I was uh, serving in for the pastor who's taking a sabbatical and I was advocating for him with his elders on uh, the sabbatical plan that we've been working on for him with our soul shepherding uh, sabbatical guide for pastors resource. And uh, so that was a ministry event I don't usually have on a Sabbath day. And I, I came and I was tired. So I, I laid down and rested and napped and was um, getting some Sabbath time, but it wasn't connecting with you. Well, and the reality is, honey, I mean, this is true for our listeners too. Everybody has different personalities and different different needs. And my need for connection is way higher than yours. And you're, you have a need for space that's way higher than mine. Yeah, and even just after, after being at church in the morning, which is pr- pretty social, and we went with my parents and brother, and yeah, I, I did want some introvert time. You needed that. Yeah. So then I was doing some... Uh, some after my nap, I, I felt refreshed and did a little bit of a journaling and wrote a, a letter to Papa uh, for our daughter, Jenny. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. It was very uh, refreshing and, and fun for me. Uh, and But it, it took some hours. I just lost track of time. I was just in that on the couch, you know, <laughs> looking out in the backyard, you know, uh, journaling and writing. And then all of a sudden, you know, when I finished, I looked up, it was 730 and 
Yeah, and I wouldn't want to steal that from you. It's beautiful that you were, you know, loving the Lord, loving. But you were denying yourself, grandchildren, others that will benefit from reading those. And you were denying yourself what you wanted, though. Mm -hmm. You were. It was an act of love for you. Because you would have rather have taken a walk with me, like we often do around the lake and uh, in the sunshine mm-hmm. while it was still warm, and and you set that aside. And you know. well, I appreciated you know just your being willing to help me um, be able to have courage to articulate my desire. And you know, I'm thinking about somebody else who took the courage to feel her desire and act on it, and that was Maydell. Maydell is a missionary in the Philippines. She is. She is Filipino. She ministers to Muslim or to missionaries that come to care for the Muslims there, and they they care for them in high trauma circumstances and difficulties. So it's really significant the spiritual care that she's giving. And she had just dreamed. She's listened to our podcast. She she's read the Easy Yoke book, and she had just dreamed of coming to our Soul Shepherding Apprentice retreats and didn't know how that possibly could happen because she did, she didn't have the resources. She she couldn't afford that. And um, she decided that, you know, I'm going to feel my desire to come. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let myself continue to feel this desire, even though it's frustrating, even though it feels impossible, even though I just don't, don't see how it would be possible. And she reached out to me and she says, I'm, I'm just going to reach out and let you know this is my, my highest desire. I'm taking courage to ask for this, and I'm going to abandon the outcomes to God. And I'm so glad she reached out because we said, yes, you know, we, we want you. You will be a good fit for this. Uh, you are a soul shepherd there to these missionaries. You're faithful in that work, and our donors would want to support you, you know, the, cover the expenses for you to be able to to come to this retreat without having to pay the fee for it, but you'll need to raise your airfare. Mm-hmm. And she didn't receive my email of, oh, you know, I'm going to have to raise all my transportation costs and get there. It's up to me to do that. All they can do for me is scholarship me the week. Um, but the rest is up to me. Yeah, she wasn't like negative about it. No, she took courage to continue to feel mm-hmm. her desires for this and to continue to ask God. And he provided he provided, and she showed up at the retreat, you know, we, and she's not the first. And we've had other missionaries have done this same type of thing. Just miraculously, mm-hmm. God has, has provided for them. They show up at the retreat. And, and for her, it was two weeks. Yeah, we had her for, for back-to-back to, week retreats. Yes, and. she came to our week on um, spiritual formation and also our week on soul care ministry. And she said, each day was life-transforming mm-hmm. for me. She says, Jesus in, was in treat the master spiritual director and retreat leader for just what I needed. And then she was talking about how she just felt so blessed with love for God and his love and humility expressed through us in, in the ways of empathy and vulnerability that she was able to express with the community, a safe community of sharing, um, and how she just felt the Lord had given her victory through that. But all that came because she had the courage to feel her desire to come to be a part of this. Yeah. And then she had the courage to feel her her emotions, you know, her, her stress and her hurts in, in her life and to uh, receive support from us and from the community. And that opened up space in her soul for 
for learning and for uh, various uh, apprenticeship to Jesus experiences that we were doing there in the in the retreat, and that then puts her in a place to really care for the, the missionaries who come to her for mm-hmm. for listening and for pastoral care and counsel, and they're tired and they're worn out and they're anxious and fearful and depressed and. I mean, gosh, at any point they could die from a bomb exploding from yeah. a terrorist. And so there's a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. And so she's containing a lot of emotion for other people. But by her, her courage to feel her own emotions and her own needs and to receive help, that makes more space now for her to overflow with compassion to others. It and, does. And her courage to feel in the group at the retreat gave other people in the community courage to feel. And they received God's love into the deep part of their soul that needed his touch because of that. Another example, I'm thinking of a pastor I was talking with recently, and uh, he's doing some work, uh, intensive counseling on his sabbatical, uh, also using our sabbatical guide, and is dealing with some issues from his dad, who uh, was a pastor when he was a boy, and had some problems with anger, and my friend dealt with feeling... uh, criticized and like he couldn't measure up for his dad and times where he wanted to connect with his dad because he really admired his dad, but his dad was busy preparing a sermon and didn't really tune into his feelings and wasn't really there for him. And so he's, he's telling me these, these stories, uh, one after the other, a, a number of stories of, of pain and, and stress. And uh, I'm sensing the emotion underneath the surface but you know, not wanting to interrupt him because he's telling me a story and kind of need to get the whole lay of the land. But as I'm listening to him, I'm, I'm feeling the weight that he's been carrying for, for decades. And it's starting to make me feel tired. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to like have trouble s- staying alert and fresh because it's like, oh, wow. And I always know when I have that experience listening to somebody, oh, they're, they're repressing their emotion. They're, they're shutting all that down. And what I'm feeling is what they're feeling deep inside. They're, they're exhausted from carrying the, the weight of this, this wound and, and, and all, all this stuff, all this criticism and the, the fear over dad's anger and all that. And so, you know, I just said to him, now just, let's just pause right there. What? Just, just slow down now here. What do, you, what do you feel at this point? It seems that you're, you're sad there. And as soon as I said that, it was like the, the dam just burst and all these tears came tumbling out and all the emotion behind these stories. And suddenly it was like all the oxygen came back into the room and <laughs> I had energy. And it was like, because now we were talking the, the deeper truth and I was able to connect with him at that place and give him that empathy. And it just reminds me of, of the prophet Jeremiah that we talked about Last week uh, in our podcast, uh, Jeremiah 6.14, he says, you know, you can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. That's the living Bible paraphrase. And see, that's what I did for my friend. And that's what we did for Maydell in our soul shepherding apprenticeship retreat is by articulating the the feeling, uh, the desire, the need. That's where the, the healing touch of Jesus comes in. And, and ministers and uh, reshapes and reforms and, and renews us and, and empowers us for life, for relationships of, of love and for ministry. And so it all starts with that, that courage 
the courage to feel the truth of what we're struggling with and, and not going to shame about that, but to admit that to someone that's safe as unto the Lord and receive that embrace of grace. Jesus, we're so grateful for the ways we see you in Scripture. Show courage to feel the way you model that for us and the way that you have encouraged, feel for us and enter into our suffering with love. And then for the privilege you give us to take courage from you to feel empathy for our brothers, our sisters, our neighbors, and to invite them to be able to share their emotions, their feelings, and to help them fill you with them. We pray that you, Holy Spirit, wonderful counselor, would give us the courage to feel our emotions, to pray emotionally honest prayers to mm-hmm. you, and to share our emotions uh, with your people who can be ambassadors of you to help us process them, to empathize with us, and to help us to reorient in your love, and your sufficiency. Amen. Amen. We love having you part of our Soul Shepherding family. You can stay connected to us through our weekly devotional email, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. And we appreciate you telling your friends about Soul Shepherding.